same China, different stories. We are the ones that found their way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. Feel cheesy doing like little intros because I don't know. I was like, I don't. I, I I always say the same thing. I'm like, okay, I have this person. You introduce yourself. So I'm just gonna go into the conversation directly. But uh, it's so nice. I mean, do you need me? <laughs> do you need me to do an intro? I'm willing to do an intro. Oh my gosh, yes, do an intro. Your name, where you're at now. I forget what time zone you're in, but that might help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey guys, I'm Maddie Ullman. I'm currently in Colorado. But my heart is actually in Los Angeles. I'm adopted from Hong Kong. I've been in the U.S. like 24 years now, 24 years in September. I don't know, time flies. But yeah, I'm really happy to be here and I'm so excited to get into this with y'all. Yay. I know, I think we've known each other, I guess more than a year now, right? I think. Yeah, but we've like, ha- we've had like, three chats three chats before <laughs> I know but yeah on and off yeah no my connections really died when zooms died but hey it's what happens I yeah I know when the zooms because I guess it might have been one of those zooms I think it was a more intimate zoom that we must have met on but now that oh it was a speed dating <laughs> that's right it oh was a gosh. speed dating that was not speed dating it was like and it was like three guys and I felt so bad for them. That's right. Yeah, it was more just sort of, I don't know, it seemed like a coffee chat with a bunch of us. Only like six of us. Six, I guess it was six females and three males, maybe. <laughs> You're adopted from Hong Kong. You now live in Colorado. And I think the last time we spoke, I don't remember, I didn't remember you were doing school, but you're doing school now and you have a job. Yeah, I'm doing a full, I started this year, I am going back to my bachelor's in English. Holy cow. Well, English because I suck at math and science and very creative brain. So like, mm-hmm. it was a path of least resistance and give me a book to read a week at, at any day other than math. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I was furloughed for a long time. So ah, uh, yes, I wanted to do something that was meaningful. and. I I also want to call myself an educated bitch just for myself. Yes. Like I I want I want that piece of paper. I know it's useless, but I want that piece of paper. Hey, some things we have, I don't know, give us validation for what we do sometimes. Like this is validating yeah. my purpose. Yeah, no. I yeah, I really enjoy it. Like I read interesting books. I'm doing a pen pal program with the prison so that's an internship I can put on my resume Mm. yeah so I am currently in Colorado I've been here for a year and a half but I actually work remotely and right now I'm working in tv and I'm on a show right now as a showrunner's assistant and that's really fun whoa how did you find that opportunity or did they find you it's very Hollywood. They open the door. We found each other. I have been with my boss for four years. I mm-hmm. adore them. They are the best person I could ever imagine any 
doing anything with job job wise and so I had previously when I lived in California because I lived there for four years before this Mm. quarantine made me go quarantine was having me escape from LA and it made me so sad but anyways Mm. um so previously I worked at the Warner Brothers studio we were on an overall there and I just worked as an assistant in development which means I scheduled a lot of meetings I coordinated I, I wrote a lot of coverage. I wrote a lot of scripts. I still read a lot of scripts. Mm-hmm. And then my boss developed developed this idea with the show's creator. And it and she brought me on as a showrunner's assistant. And thankfully I'm able to do that remotely because I would I would lose my mind if I didn't have anything to do. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're doing your bachelor's for English. I feel like that's a lot of work, too. <laughs> it is. It is. But not as much as you would think. Okay. It's been, I mean, it's probably been, what, six years since I personally have done a bachelor's. So. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, it's, well, I mean, the school's in sessions. So, like, session A and session B, it's not, like, four classes per semester. Yeah. It's two classes per session. Oh, okay. So, so they're you... very, very accelerated classes. Okay. But yeah, I like it. Whoa. Okay, so between school and a job, you stay busy is what it sounds like. And an internship. And, and an I internship. have an internship, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, so you're adopted from, how were you really young when you were adopted? From I was Hong Kong? three and a half. Oh, you were? Okay. I was three and a half. And this is actually my second adoption. So I was adopted at two months and then they found out I was disabled and then they unadopted me or I don't know what the legal term is for that. Gave me back to the state of welfare. And Mm -hmm. so my parents who had, who already had five children um came they saw and god said you need to take that one home and i have been trouble ever since (laughs) yeah aren't we all though i think we are we you were adopted two months within hong kong and then the that family was like never mind and returned you essentially is what it sounds like or yeah yeah well before I did my birth parent search, I was always told that I was fostered until a year and a half. But it wasn't until I just like started looking into files, my parents had to be like, "Okay, look, this is this is actually what happened." Sorry. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think when we talked once, see, this is what happens when it's like you have these like on and off conversations. It's like, I don't remember everything we talked about, but now it's but like coming somewhat back in to- the same vein. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I forgot. I remember you were older when you, I guess, when you came to yeah. the US. Yeah. That earlier, that earlier segment was effort was forgotten. Yeah. Don't worry. 
and then I mean you hear about adoption now all day uh, yes <laughs> like every week so <laughs> yeah. I mean every story is unique but there's still some like general milestones that you might find it's like oh yeah that you were adopted young I mean I think it's sort of like an unsaid thing that sometimes families will not adopt just because like of a disability that the child might may or may not mm-hmm. have whether or not it's actually there yeah sometimes physical sometimes mental I mean yeah well there's definitely been discussion about that very publicized yeah. but that's unfortunate when you actually hear about it too it's like oh you were returned just because of a uh, something you have no control over again yeah I mean it's I mean, it's it's not a fun thing to think about it. It's not a great thing to think about, but it's what happened, and I'm better for it. Like mm-hmm. I, and I'm kind of hesitant in saying this, but I know if I wasn't adopted, like it would have, like I would have had a like harder life. I would have had a really hard life and so for that point I'm am really thankful I'm adopted I think I I didn't come out scotch-free definitely no adopt no adopted does but like I'm really grateful that you know my parents wanted to adopt me my parents my parents already had five kids at the time yeah like my oldest brother is 21 years old with me Okay, yeah, that's if I wasn't here, they'd like they'd be in their empty nest stage. (laughs) But they but no, they decided to get a three uh they decided to get a three year old in their fifties and it was great it was to my demise, but also to my great delight that they were Mm -hmm. so tired. They just could not like they were tired. They let me do whatever I wanted when I was a kid (laughs) because they were like, oh, I need to sleep. There's just like I give up. Mm-hmm. Like you, all the yeah. I was gonna say, did your siblings help? I guess with like the child care part of it, because I guess if it's 21 years difference. So I did not live with my with my siblings, mm-hmm. or at least not of what not a lot of what I can remember. Because actually, I have a sister in law who has been in this family longer than I have by three months. At their wedding, they had a picture of me. It's this really, it's this really old picture of me in the orphan, in the orphanage, in the orphanage, and I have clown makeup. And they had a picture of me on a table, so I was there in spirits. But yeah, there's actually a sister-in-law who, who's in this, who's been an old one, old man longer than I have, kind of thing. Mm. Oh, yeah, you did say 21-year difference, so I guess it could be. Yeah, yeah, um, my, but my sister took care of me a lot. Mm -hmm. She's nine years older than me. Um, she, she still lives at home, but she, she, like, loved having a sister until, you know, until it was actually having a sister, but <laughs> until um, you had thoughts of your own. <laughs> yeah, until I took up time and attention. Mm. But yeah, no. Um, 
I, I was very, very um, delicate child. Like I used to fall all the time, mm. and like my muscle would cramp up. So I, so sometimes I would like crawl into bed with one of my brothers, mm. or at least two of the brothers that were there, and they would like rub my legs and stuff like that. But it's funny because I, I was raised as an only child. Like I. Mm. I was raised like I'm only child is me, my mom, and my dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad wasn't like my dad commuted for work, so he didn't. So it's just me and my mom in a roommate situation. Like we would eat popcorn for dinner, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's always everyone's got those different like childhood memories. Yeah. Yeah. People, I mean, people ask me this all the time. It's like, do you have any memories of when you were like four years old? It's like, no. Do you have any memories of when you were really young? Oh yeah. Do you, can you tell me? Can you tell me your your um background? What where your family's from? This can you do? Can you can you answer any of the things you're asking me? I'm just like, <laughs> oh gosh. It was like, I don't have any memories before six years old, to be honest, so. Yeah, no, I I actually don't remember a lot of, like, my childhood or even my teenhood. Really? Well, yeah, really, yeah. I don't know. I, rem- I, rem- I remember, it. like, it's not, like, a total blank spot, mm-hmm. but, like, it just, it just blurs together kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that but, makes sense. Yeah. Memory yeah. is a fascinating, fascinating idea to explore because I think as as we experience more things and going forward, things, memories mm. from earlier years, are, are more, I mean, they're insignificant at a certain point. So some people yeah. you just don't keep track of or remember until someone yeah. brings them up. Yeah. Know, social channels. <laughs> ah, social media. I don't know what I'd be without it. I know. But did social media have any play in helping with your search at all? Or because I'm trying okay, to Okay, so so that's I think that's the main difference between I mean, okay. Hong Kong was it's was a was a British the British had control of Hong Kong for a hundred years. Yeah years and they only did the the handover was only in 1997 so Mm -hmm. even though I was adopted around the same time I technically would not be like a China one of China's lost daughters because Mm -hmm. I'm from Hong Kong which is not affected which was not affected by the one child policy Mm -hmm. so I actually, I actually have a lot more records. Like, I really, like, it was literally just like sending my info to the welfare center, mm-hmm. talking with the welfare center, waiting a couple months, writing a letter. Boom, your mother knows that you're that you are looking for her. Here's a photo, and here's your file. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
I think I have heard that the record keeping in Hong Kong was definitely yeah. much better, more comprehensive. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I did not have to go through anything like mo mo most people. It was, it was pretty, it's pretty calm. It's pretty good, but like I have, but yeah, it took about 10 months. Mm -hmm. How How long ago was this? I started searching in 2017. Oh, that seems recent, but it's... Yeah, so I... So I sent off my uh, records 2017, and then... And then I officially found out that she... Like, that they had made contacts at 10-17... 17 so it took about 10 months but it was about a it was about a year until I got a picture so I got a picture that January oh wow did you learn anything else about them or you I guess you had an option not to open up that whole entire oh entire okay box <laughs> so I actually opened that box and mm -hmm. we're actually friends on Facebook oh wow I I have cousins. I had a sibling. It, yeah, I get to see her life kind of mm -hmm. thing. But that's the thing. No one ever tells you how to, how to, like, what to do after you find them. Uh, everything is about, well, a lot of things are, majority of things that I see for me is about how to find is about how to find your parents, the search, things you have to go through, the lack of results. But not a lot of, I haven't seen a lot of things that tell you about like how to move forward in that. I think that's still something I'm figuring yeah. out. But yes, we, we talked, uh, Google Translate is my best friend. Mm -hmm. She actually looks quite, quite a lot like me yeah I found my birth mother I got the answer got the answers per se yeah it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense now but now it's just like a cooling fire I send I send her pictures sometimes she likes my statuses I like her statuses yeah. I really want to go back to Hong Kong but mm -hmm. Who knows when that's gonna happen so yeah just because of all the, the people so yeah. i don't know it's it's a fun it's definitely an interesting thing and one of them i and if you ask me like if i had to express um choice or decision or thing that pushed me to it i I've always known that I wanted to search for my birth mother. Mm -hmm. Don't care about my birth dad. He's fun. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, like, I've known since I was, like, a teenager. Like, it was, like, I'm one of those, like, you know, I just want to know. I don't have to know. Mm -hmm. It won't, like, complete me or anything. But, like, it took a, like, that's why it was in 2017 and not 
earlier because I had to I had to get to the place where I was like I'm okay whatever happens I'm gonna be okay mm-hmm. I need to know I need to know this and I'm ready to accept any answers yeah I have or have not gotten so I was totally at peace for not finding anything so it's kind of a shock to me yeah yeah but yeah I mean I've got the answers kind of on medical stuff I found out I had diabetes when I was 19 and that's one of the things I expressly asked her and she has diabetes okay runs in the family yeah yeah I guess you got all of your medical uh, it's before you kind of did it in air quotes like all your answers it's like I I, that kind of makes me wonder for those who do I guess it's like reunion even when they ask the birth mother if they share like the true story or if they also sort of tell you what they want to share which could not be the whole truth so that was a yeah but hopefully medical wise I'm sure there's honesty in that I would hope (laughs) yeah well I mean she takes insulin so Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I was like yep that I came from that and then my now deceased sibling had it as well so Mm. it was definitely an eye-opener because I was because I was like 19 I was like 115 pounds Mm -hmm. and I was healthy I ate pretty well I didn't eat trash all the time and college physical oh your blood sugar is really high yeah yeah that was a fun it was three weeks before college my first semester I thought I was dying Mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot to take in all at once all of those events oh yeah actually college was the first time I realized I wasn't white oh okay yeah hey I'm with you on that boat <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah right? did you go to college in Colorado or did you go to college in did you go to college in California no where, where did you go I went to a small liberal arts Christian college in Boston, well, in Massachusetts, about 1,500 students. I had come from Texas, and the two years I was there, it snowed more than what they had seen in 40 years. I was not allowed to go out of my dorm on snow days. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was a fun that was a fun year of my life. It was just the many layers of identity crisis I had. Yeah, I I wonder also, because once you did learn about, I guess, that first family who fostered you, that they that was me. actually, was I that? Fa- okay, so went to college at nineteen, had mm-hmm. my you know, uh, stressed out. I don't know who I am. I'm not white. I look like these people, but I can't speak their language. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, I was actually, like, I actually avoided them for a good semester because I was like, I can't be around them. They all, like, not that they were bad people at all. Not that they were bad people, but it was a constant reminder of, like, what I didn't have. Yeah. Or, like, what I didn't know. Yes. And, like, feeling inadequate as an Asian because, like, 
I was so clueless that so clueless it was just like oh that wasn't the kid just being mean that was actually racist yeah kind of thing or oh so that's why they never they always thought I was married to my brothers yeah (laughs) just like all those like really obvious things just clicked Mm -hmm. you do say something that I think is very relatable with going to a university I guess a small university where I guess maybe most of the population is white but and then there's those international students or the students who come from China directly. But I, I, I think I actively also would sort of keep clear of them too because I just didn't feel like I'm not really I just felt Chinese. like a fake. Yeah. Yeah. It's intimidating. It's intimidating. It's really intimidating. Intimidating. I. It's actually. It was actually really. It's actually really funny because I tried to take uh mandarin twice Mm -hmm. and okay okay i will admit it's mainly because my study habits and because i was not meant to go to college when i did but i went anyways Mm -hmm. so that was a fun time but (laughs) um yeah i would i would do i would do okay with it like i had really good tones Mm mm-hmm and, like, it's still something I really want to learn, but, like, it's so much work. It's so much work that I try to try to learn it, and I just, you know, that's just not a thing I'm going to do just for the sake of feeling like I belong. And, like, yeah. that's just for me. Like, I probably really need to learn it because I might go back to Hong Kong, and I want to speak to my um, birth mother. but. In Hong Kong, they speak Canto, yeah. Cantonese. Cantonese is like a hundred times worse than Mandarin, like a hundred yeah. times worse. And I'm just like, Mandarin's not even my mother tongue. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. And like, if we're gonna wait till I learn Cantonese, like, <laughs> uh... God, <laughs> I am not that much of a sadist <laughs> to myself. I mean, I was just thinking that too while you're saying that. It's like, I don't think speak Cantonese in there. It's um. I can't understand it. I don't yeah. understand it. I guess yeah. the native speakers, of course, like native. I don't know if I sound stupid. Native speakers. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people speak English. Like that's what everyone tells me. Mm. In Hong Kong, I believe so. Yeah, a lot of people speak the English. English. Hmm. So I'm just like, but. I don't know. I hope one day to, I hope one day to come and meet her and do all, yeah. do all the things. And I'm pretty. I mean, I think, I think as an adoptee. Well, first of all, people like to think that if you're, you know, well adjusted and like, mm-hmm. calm and like not any of those like movie style, like oh my gosh, having, having, like internal struggles that are stable and I had that I had a lot of that but that people who are people like to think that like adoptees are just great because we have this great family and stuff like that and yeah and I don't I don't think people 
And, you know, as an adoptee myself, the pattern I'm seeing for myself is that, you know, I did the things, I went to therapy, I worked on my inner child, I did all this good stuff. And then, you know, something comes up and I'm just like, oh, adoptee issue. Yep. Where's that root? Adoption. So it's just like, you know, climbing up another hill. But I think, I think it's just life. But I don't, but I really wish more people knew about that, knew about that. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing you had to probably work through as a part of your life too is the disability part. Because I think yeah. people don't really talk about it too much, but of course, like in your story and actually learning about the truth, it seems that was like, so that's a huge part of something you had to like work through too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, I think about disability is that this is a heel that I will like die on for this because and like I have many, many other sorts of things. Like if I if I put all my energy and focus into like all the things I'm part of, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. It's too mm-hmm. tiring. But um thing about being disabled is that the hardest thing is not actually being disabled. And side note, I like the word disabled because I think call it what it is give it power, take control back. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Mm. Other people like people first language, which is like people with disabilities, person who is blind. And that's Uh fine, but that's just me. But being disabled is not the hardest thing about having a disability. The hardest thing about having a disability is society. Uh, And don't get me wrong, having a disability like, sucks it really does but like society makes it a hundred times worse Mm -hmm. so i think that was another part of my journey and lord god yeah i'll have to put a break in there said adoption and disability have very complex 
complex intersection for me because, you know, I I can never like I feel like there's like two extremes, just like everything. Mm-hmm. People who like hate adoption, who think adoptions child trafficking, who like hate international adoption, and yeah. for good reason, it's messed up. And like how any child shouldn't be adopted, why not? Yeah. And then people who like love adoption. Probably mm-hmm. people who haven't come out of the fog, but we're not gonna we're uh, not gonna it's call a them whole, out. Whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. But but for me, I can never be like adoption is horrible. Adoption is the mm-hmm. scum of the earth. Like, why are we like I can like I can sympathize. I can totally say I get I get it. And I do, I do. But because of my situation and because of like disabilities and Asian culture and knowing what that is like, mm-hmm. I I can't say adoption is fully a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I have, like, I mean, I have to be realistic. I can't. And yeah, my, yeah, so I am, I have a love-hate relationship with adoption. Mm-hmm. I think everyone does so much. Yeah. That would be, I mean, that's expected. Everybody's got their own journey with it. Of, of course, it's an ongoing journey, as I always say, too, because it's not going to go away. Adoption never ends. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not going to go away. So You're just like, every time I'm like, okay, done the work done the things yeah feeling okay with this part of my identity there's so many different parts of my identity but feeling okay with it just like yeah yep there it is good there it is yeah it's like another thing or a newer thing or something i think the things are still there you just gain more realization about the things yeah i mean i've been in therapy since i was 12 Mm -hmm. (laughs) on and off but yeah, but I mean, I don't, I mean, I've always had the feeling of, I want to find out where I'm from, I want to find out my story, Yeah. but like never, never the, probably because of that, probably because of that um, fact of my disability, I yeah, I can never hate adoption, like, mm-hmm. fully. Like, there's so many things wrong with it, but I, I can't hate it. Yeah, that's, because I, I, when I went back to the, the SWI that I was adopted from, you, you could see, yeah, I guess you could see some of the kids that had not been adopted yet, and actually where I was, it was only the boys you saw, and they mm-hmm. all uh, they all had sort of a disability, either physical or mental, like you could see it. So it's yeah. just kind of like a whole other aspect of it, of kids who aren't adopted sometimes. Yeah. Or there's SWI specifically for kids who are potentially yeah. in that area too. It's like a... I, 
you know when it really hit me about being disabled and being Asian mm-hmm. and also being adopted? I went to Taiwan in 2015 mm-hmm. to film a small micro-budget like gospel film. Yeah. That was my religious stage, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I've now, I've now moved away from religion as a whole. But yeah. um, so I was really excited. It was my first time. I had visited Hong Kong when I was like ten, but it, but like I was gonna be there for six weeks. I was really excited. I changed my name to Ming, like Ming Yen. So I wasn't Maddie. I wasn't Maddie. I changed it on Facebook. I changed it yeah. everywhere. I just recently changed it back to Maddie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I I did that. And I was like, I'm going to be me again. And it's going to be great. And I'm going to look like the majority of people. It's yeah. awesome. And you know, it was really awesome. Yeah. But I did not count. I didn't count on the fact that I have never felt so American and so white and so out of place than I have felt when I was in Taiwan. Mm. It was, it was literally like every multiple times a day until they knew that I couldn't speak Mandarin. They were like, you don't understand me? Like how? I'm, mm-hmm. And I just like, and I just be like, which is I can't understand. Yeah. And Megoran, which is American. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, okay, okay. But every time that would happen, it would just feel like the, a punch to the gut. Like mm. a punch to the gut, like multiple times a day, in which they in which they they saw me I fit in but I really didn't mm-hmm. like I blended into the crowd it was great like I've never seen so many Asian people in my life it was yeah was like, oh my gosh white people are the minority man oh my gosh mm-hmm. yeah and then so I had that going on it was also around the time that uh China announced it would break its one-child policy. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so yeah, I was in the throes of this project when mm-hmm. that was happening. Not like a 16-hour days. Yeah. And, you know, and I was, I was very emotional. And I was with these like near strangers. It was like, I was like sobbing in my room, just like, oh my God. This is just like, oh, and, you know, and Taiwan was an awesome experience, a really awesome experience. Yeah. But, you know, there's, but like, I really understood the difference between culture and adoption in America. Mm -hmm. Um, So we went to, we were in a like mid-sized city, city city-ish. And then we went to the country for a shoot mm-hmm. and we casted from people that were in the, were in the village. Yeah. And there was this one uh, child actress. She was 
adorable. She was adorable. Um, she wouldn't look at me. Mm-hmm. She refused to look at me. Like, just literally, like, walked, walked away from me, got an ugly face, and I was really confused. Mm-hmm. And then they... And then someone told me, it's because you have a disability, and these are from older towns, mm. which means disability means bad luck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that took me a while to get over, <laughs> yeah. not gonna lie. But, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and... That trip was good for a lot of things, but I think that's when I really realized, like, I mean, I'd always realized, like, I'm never going to be white enough for the white people, I'm never going to be Asian enough for the Asian people, yeah. and that's just, that's just where, what it is, and I, I love myself, and I find yeah. happiness, and I can't, like, in LA, I could, like, attend cultural things, attend cultural things so yeah but I think that that was really a time where I was like huh this is yeah that's Mm -hmm. it's never gonna go away even if I try to hide behind Mm -hmm. a you know Chinese name and Chinese this I'm I'm me and that's just how it's gonna be Mm -hmm. and yeah, when I went to a city and, like, toured out of school that had Asian, Asian like, students, I would be like, oh. and yeah. I would just stare at them because it was, like, faces like mine. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, I was so bubbly. I was so excited. I was so excited for, like, to learn about my culture, to be around Asian people, to be around yeah to be around this and then well many bubble bursts in that in that stage of life but yeah but just to get to the place where I was just like I don't want to be reminded by what I can't have or what I don't have by seeing this like they were amazing people they were so kind to me but I was just like like I was so clueless I didn't know it like racism sexism mm-hmm. just totally clueless because my I love my parents but they really didn't teach me about race because they're white people and they like like the like they like the you know we're all the same the colorblind attitude yeah I don't think it's yeah yeah I think that could also be potentially a generational thing too it's a generational thing it's such a generational thing and like they're they're super sweet Mm -hmm. and they tried so but it's it's just like huh it doesn't mean it's not hard and oh don't yeah and again if you if you literally need me to be like okay i need you to send me a concise paragraph of just you talking about this because at all because i think this like it all connects to everything but i know it's like this like long ribbons of like 
conversation mm-hmm. and sometimes you're just like okay how did we get there <laughs> no it works out because I think everything has led into other aspects and was like okay I think that's that's how I ended up at, usually going down to those three questions was because of I noticed in conversations it sometimes went a certain way and it's like oh sometimes yeah. it doesn't but this one our conversation has definitely gone connecting everything it's like yeah Oh, okay. I don't even need to ask. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There's so much to unpack. There's like, I have more questions coming up. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I just like, what? Go for <laughs> you, it. You lived in LA. You were in Texas at the time. You went to school in Boston. And then like you're in Colorado. I was like, whoa. Okay. My life is very, very. You've just been hopping Very around. colorful. Yep. Oh my goodness. Do you hope for, do you have any particular ideas or hope for anything to do post eh, well, I don't know if this is really ever going to go away but there's no po- there's no post there's no posts <laughs> it's just like the reality now the reality yeah it's like eventually yeah I think many people are like I don't listen to the whole thing because I just can't hear my voice it's like that's okay I understand <laughs> yeah well I mean uh- like you've got a common voice, but I just have like this weird, like I don't know how to say it, like muffety voice. I don't know. Hmm. I wouldn't describe it that way. How would you describe it? I feel like you have a very soft spoken voice too. Like you can like really tell a story. I hear it. Ah. It's very okay. engaging though. I was like, you have a very Yay. soft. It's a nice like storytelling, almost like it kind of makes me think like a lullaby. <laughs> Oh, if you're going to be reading a story. Yes. Let me just read your story. Yeah. But like, oh. yeah. <laughs> you're a storyteller. I mean, you're getting a bachelor's in English, which seems very fitting for someone who's like a storyteller. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's either that or film, but again, I, I basically chose English because it put me the farthest point of, away from math. Mm, I do not make I am not the stereotype with that math is the bane of my existence and it should go die I don't know if this is like adoption or trauma related probably so but I can't see like 3d shapes at all Mm. so like in in geometry like people have to finish the finish the drawing or something the drawing so I could see all all 3d points of it because I was just like it's a flat. It's a yeah. how? It's a flat. Uh, it was just really interesting because, you know, when I when I met my well, when I heard about my birth mother's story, mm-hmm. it's like, and she was very Asian mom with me. She was like, "Do you have a job? Do you have schooling? Did you go to college?" Yeah, and. I, it is not the only reason I went back to college. Not the only reason I was always going to, but it definitely, def- it definitely gave me a pause. To like, no, I should, I should go. Well, I mean, no, I, I was always just like, I need to get the piece of paper just for the sake of it, just to screw with society kind of thing. Mm. I actually want to get my master's because of that. Damn, you can do a, you can do a lot with. Them sheer pettiness and you can do do a lot when no one expects anything from you Mm -hmm. so anyways but 
So when I saw, heard, met my birth mother, it brought up a lot of a lot of things because first the college thing. Mm-hmm. And second, I am that woman's only like living child. Oh, right. She never thought I would go look for her ever. Mm-hmm. Like she said so in multiple times. Yeah. For like, I was ready to go to Hong Kong like that same year. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, I need to chill. I need to give her, give her a little bit space and time and like a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she has not had an easy life but yeah yeah and it gave me pause because two things because I am the last of her line I am the last of her line and if I don't have a child she's never going to Mm -hmm. like that's that's the end of the road at the same time knowing what I know is that every child she's had has had diabetes Mm -hmm. and I can't do that to a kid Mm. like if it happens so be it yeah but I cannot do that to a kid also parenthood not my thing but anyways oh yeah but yeah it's Not just everybody's thing. Yeah, and you know, if I I and I don't know, if I didn't know what I know about like my health, like well, it was basically a done deal when my health issues when diabetes started. Diabetes is bitch. Like it right. sucks. But and no one prepares you for it because your medical history is non-existent. I guess I'll ask the last question just to close it out. But is there anything you want to hear from other adoptees or other people who want to hear about Chinese adoption? Hong Kong adoption? Can you can you clarify? Is it, uh, I usually ask just sort of like, do you have any anything you're curious about? hearing from like other adoptees who are also adopted from like China and Hong Kong I don't think there's anything I'm especially curious about just because I've seen so many stories Mm -hmm. but it is always really it is always very interesting to meet other adoptees with disabilities I will say oh yeah have you met many or no not a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot. Like, okay. So, I, I mean, like, what I always try to not, not keep track of, not think of, but everyone just like, oh, you're adopted, you're disabled, and you're Asian woman, and you have all this other stuff. It's like, yeah. But I'm really not rare. Like, there's yeah. tons of us. There's tons of us. There are probably more of us than I 
like even could guess. Yeah. But I just don't see I just don't see them in my line of work. I don't see them. Well, I haven't actually pursued a lot of that. But I think it's a very interesting place to be and I just you know, I really I don't know. It's it's just interesting being adopted with a disability as well because you know the stayerism, the your life would have been shit without us. Your yeah. like, you know, they're you're so lucky they got you gets d- double fold and for good reason. It's reality, but then it's just like, huh, great. I am curious, but there's not a question that I would just like, like put out there. Yeah. Like, willing willy-nilly yeah I'm just really interested to hear in different stories the time I've been in the adoption community has been very fascinating yeah fascinating to like the degrees of like all the different stories and all the different like political aspects and like how people think about one mm-hmm. another and how people think of this and that and that and that and it's really yeah it's really I, yeah, I think for myself, it's, I have a weird life, but it's also, it's also hard to be like, you know, people are going to want to listen to that, like, you know, because it's just my life. I don't, like, I have a weird one, but like, anyone, everyone has stories, there's a ton of adoptee stories out there why would they need mine Mm. so I don't know it just really it just really depends and so I I'm just really grateful for the adoptee community because like I was really comforted by like China's China's Children International when I first yeah. had my little identity crisis of who am I? Mm-hmm. The thing that happens like yearly at least. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I'm just really thankful for it and I really think as long as we like continue to share stories and continue to have empathy and validate, and validate each other's experience and all that good stuff is when we, when we come together because right. the narrative is really, is really unevenly painted towards the parent, towards mm-hmm. the adopters, towards the white people, mm-hmm. if it's what if they're white, and I and I'm enjoying like adoptees taking more power in that, mm-hmm. but oh, then I know 100%. it's yeah. So I'm in like more movies coming out, more more nuance, more this, more characters coming out of fog per se. And hey, if and hey, whatever you wanna Yeah. Wherever you're at is wherever you're at. I just mm-hmm. I'm probably not at this, but I wish as an as a community I don't 
I see quite a lot of gatekeeping in our community, and it's really, really sad. Yeah. I'm just like, come on, guys. All right. So, I guess, like, with any community, you always have, I mean, like, yeah, I think any community, there's always, like, some people that may not be as receptive or may sort of, you know, represent in a negative way sometimes. So, it happens, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But I will say this. One of the reasons of why I wanted to be in TV, why I wanted to be in media, why I wanted to write, why I wanted to be creative, is that I never grew up seeing characters like me. Right. Characters at all like me. No disabled characters, no Asian characters, no you know, adopted characters, and if I saw adopted characters, they were really emotionally unhinged, because that's what they like to do, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really want to see diversity in TV, I want to see diversity in media, I want to move towards Mm -hmm. that, I think, and like for example, I'm bro- like I'm writing a pilot on my life, and uh-huh. a lot of these different, a lot of these different themes. But really, it just baffles me because there's so many Asian people, so many disabled people, so many adoptees, and they're yeah. just like, and there's not very many characters to like fortify that. So. Um, yeah, the reason I think I can't change my childhood, we can't change our childhood, we can't, like, there, there was no, like, sensitivity training when we were adopted. No. Like, there wasn't, and we have, we have felt and seen the consequences of that, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I... Yeah, if if I am ever in a place of power, those are the characters I want more want to go for, want to present because I because not invalidating anyone anyone's experience, not any of that, but our territory's already done, mm-hmm. like. They happens. Yes, we can reflect. Yes, we can give ourselves, you know, heal. We can do this stuff. But like, but we also, but we have the chance to like make sure adoptees from now on don't have to do, yeah, don't have to deal with the stuff that we do. So I don't know. It's just swirling thoughts. Probably high blood sugar talk. Sorry. Um, Not at all. Don't apologize. But yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I think those, I, you know what will probably happen, and yeah, is that we'll get off the phone, and I'll think of something brilliant. I'll be like, shit, (laughs) I should have said that. You should share, if you want to, you should share ways people can contact you, like your Instagram. I actually don't. 
I do love a lot of Instagram. I have a photography Instagram. So Ooh. if you want to, so if you want to follow that, it's Madeline Ming. So M A D Y L I N M I N G, and then other ways. I have a website by the same. If you find my Instagram, you will find my website, and then you'll find the ways to contact me. Perfect. Well. I'm going to close. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to finish this off because this seems like a pretty good conversation. I think there's a lot of value in a lot of what you said. So yeah. I, don't think, I think it was great. It was really good. It was very calming, even though some of the stuff said was very like serious. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I'm very calm, even though some things were pretty like deep. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I'm pretty straightforward. Yeah. So. Well, thank but, you. Yeah, no. It's great that I, you were able to sit down. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had so much fun talking to you. And if anyone wants to reach out and like speak, we can. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. These and to, I feel very encouraged because I, yeah, again, I, I'm just now starting to share my story. I don't, mm. yeah, it's a weird one, but I don't feel like, you know, it needs to be said or anything no, like that. But anyways. It's not weird either. It's totally just like, it's your experience. And <laughs> it's, it's unique in its own ways that maybe you don't hear from others, but there are, def- as you said, there's so many others that share a lot of the core elements that you also experience. And you never know, they might come and like reach out to you just because they hear it or somebody should know somebody like, hey, listen to this. Also, if there's any adoptees in entertainment, contact me. Like, Uh, put that in in there. I need to know other adoptees in entertainment. Thank you for listening to ABC. If you would like to share your story or learn more, contact Adopt the Babies from China Pod on Instagram and Facebook and adoptababiesfromchina at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah.